So it did. But I did not neglect my motive for engineering this joyous occasion. And when the ladies scampered into the bathroom after our frolic, I scampered to the chest of drawers in her bedroom. And there, under a stack of fragrant undies, I found the stolid portrait of Hannes Wagner sealed in plastic. I slipped it into my wallet, delighted with such a triumphant night. But then, as I was dressing, Laura came trotting out, naked as a needle, and went directly to her store of flimsies. She discovered my theft almost immediately. That was when she slapped my face. After recovering from my initial shock, I launched into an earnest and detailed explanation. I was merely recovering property illegally removed from the possession of the rightful owner. Besides, I argued, my act of pilferage had been to her advantage since it would prevent her ex from filing a complaint on the alleged crime with the polizia. Laura was obviously impressed listening to my persuasive discourse in silence. When I concluded, she drew a deep breath. Lovely sight. I guess you're right, Archie, but I want you to know I didn't intend to sell the stupid thing or profit from it in any way. Then why did you take it? I just wanted to teach him a lesson. I shall never, never, never understand the gentle sex. It was pushing midnight when I tooled my red Miata back to the ersatz Tudor manse on Ocean Boulevard housing the McNally family. It was the first week of November, and it would be pure twaddle to describe the night as crisp. I roused in time to breakfast with my parents in the dining room. Our Scandinavian staff, Ursie and Jamie Olson, had whipped up a marvelous country feast of eggs scrambled with onions, ham steaks, fried grits, hush puppies, and coffee laced with enough chicory to affect us all with a chorus of borborygamous. My father... Prescott McNally, Esquire, wore his usual Saturday golfing uniform, white linen plus fours with argyle hose. This attire might have appeared ridiculous on a man of lesser dignity, but Pops, with his grizzled eyebrows and guardsman's mustache, carried it off with casual aplomb as if he might be heading for a round at St. Andrews. As we left the dining room, he paused in the hallway outside the door of his first-floor study. Archie, the baseball card... Recovered. It'll be on your desk Monday morning. Excellent. Any unexpected difficulty or expense? No, Father. The lady was most cooperative. He looked at me and raised one jungly eyebrow, a trick I've never been able to master. But he asked no questions. The pater prefers not to learn the details of my discreet inquiries. I'm happy the matter has been concluded satisfactorily. Then you have nothing on your plate at the moment? No, sir, my platter is clean. Good. Do you know Hiram Gottschalk? He's on our client list, is he not? He is. I've never met Mr. Gottschalk personally, but I have a nodding acquaintance with his son, Peter. He's a member of the Pelican Club. Is he? And what is your reaction to him? I chose my words carefully. I find him somewhat, um, undisciplined. So Mr. Gottschalk has led me to believe. He is a widower, you know, and in addition to his son, has grown twin daughters presently vacationing in Europe. Are you also acquainted with them? No, sir. Apparently they're due to return shortly, and perhaps you'll have the opportunity to meet them. 
Perhaps. Father, doesn't Mr. Gottschalk own that store in West Palm that sells birds? Parrots. The shop is called Parrots Unlimited. We have been discussing for some time his plan to set up a private foundation. He is a wealthy man, not from his parrot store, I assure you. We have been exploring options that might legally diminish his estate tax. But yesterday, Mr. Gottschalk was asking if I could recommend a private investigator, and I told him of your employment as our house specialist in discreet inquiries. He seemed happy to hear of it and requested your assistance. Ready, willing, and able, sir, what's his problem? Father paused a beat or two. He fears someone is trying to kill him. Surely not a maniacal macaw. Mon père does not appreciate my feeble attempts at humor at the expense of clients of McNally and Son. I suggest you visit Mr. Gottschalk on Monday. I should warn you, he is, um, slightly eccentric. Oh, in what way? I remembered the old saw, the poor are crazy, the rich are eccentric. In various ways. I'll leave it to you to make your own judgment. It's possible his fears are completely groundless, but I feel it's a matter deserving investigation. Please look into it, Archie. Of course, Monday morning. I overslept on Monday, reverting to my usual sluggardly habit. I left the baseball card with my father's private secretary, then went down to my own office. It is as commodious as a vertical coffin, and I do believe I have been sentenced to such a windowless cell by mine papa, so he might never be accused of nepotism. I rang Parrots Unlimited, asking to speak to Mr. Hiram Gottschalk. He came on the line a moment later. His voice was dry and twangy. You Prescott McNally's son, Archibald McNally? That's correct, sir. Call you Archie? Of course. Call me High. Hate the name Hiram makes me sound like a Nebraska farmer. Oh, I don't know. Hiram Walker and I are old friends. Say, you sound like a sharp kid. You want to see me, do you? Yes, sir, at your convenience. Right now suits me fine. Come on over. On my way. Parrots Unlimited was larger than I anticipated and appeared to be trig and well-maintained. There were no live birds behind the plate-glass windows, but there was an attractive display of framed-color photos of macaws, lovebirds, cockatoos, parakeets, and one magnificently feathered Edward's fig parrot. There was also a printed sign, Boarding and Grooming Available at Reasonable Rates, and a hand-scrawled notice, Part-Time Assistant Wanted, Inquire Within. I opened the door and entered, fearing I would be greeted with a cacophony of squawks and an odor that might loosen my fillings. Nothing of the sort existed. The interior was clean and uncluttered. The cool air smelled faintly of a wild cherry deodorizer, and rather than indignant screeches, all I heard was a subdued peep now and then, leading me to wonder if a wee bit of Valium might not be added to the daily diet of the multicolored aviary. I was approached by a salesperson, a plump, attractive young lady who was less parrot than Robin Redbreast. May I help you, sir? It always depresses me to be addressed as sir by a nubile lass. I dread the day when it may become pop. I gestured toward an unfettered white parrot by the door. This bird, why doesn't it fly away? His wings have been clipped. It's a completely painless procedure. 
I found that hard to believe. I know I'd suffer if my wings were clipped. My name is Archie McNally. I have an appointment with Mr. Hiram Gottschalk. Would you be kind enough to tell him I've arrived? Just a moment, please, sir. I warned myself to be careful in greeting Mr. Gottschalk. Hi, hi. Just wouldn't do, would it? The perky clerk soon returned to conduct me to Mr. Gottschalk's private office at the rear of the store. It was a smallish chamber with steel furniture and a computer installation on a separate table. The only item rarely found in commercial offices was a large, ornate cage on a stand. Within was a single parrot of a gray-blue color. It turned its head to watch me warily as I entered. Our client was a short, stringy man sporting a natalie-trimmed salt-and-pepper Van Dyke. I guessed his age at about seventy. His eyes were hazel and alert, exceedingly alert. A sharp customer, I reckoned. We introduced ourselves and shook hands. His clasp was dry and firm. He saw me glance at the caged parrot. Name is Ralph. Give him a hello. I smiled pleasantly. Hello, Ralph. Go to hell, the bird said. I glared at him, and he glared right back. Did you teach him that, Hiram? Not me, unsociable critter. No manners at all. Pull up a chair. I sat alongside his desk. They're very intelligent birds, Archie. Some can imitate a dog barking or a faucet dripping. I've known budgerigars who could recite nursery rhymes or indecent limericks. But enough about parrots. That's not why you came to see me, is it, Archie? No, sir. My father tells me you feel your life is in danger. I just feel I know it. No threatening letters or calls, you understand, but several things I don't like.